There's got to be an explanation to all these UFO sightings, right? Hey, it's Stephen Diener, host of the Unidentified Alien Podcast. And whether you're new to the conversation or have been looking into it for years, you need to check out the fastest growing alien show out there, the Unidentified Alien Podcast, or UAP for short. There's a crazy amount of alien encounter stories out there from all over the world. And the beauty of it is that I bring them all to you and let you decide what you believe. Download and subscribe to UAP on any of the major podcasting platforms. And you can also find it on UAPpodcast.com. The choice of a lawyer is important and shouldn't be based on an ad. If you're seriously hurt in an accident, you'll want all the money you deserve. That's called justice. But there wouldn't be lawyers if justice was easy. No, justice is not easy. It's fought for and it's won. At Brown and Crouppen, we fight for justice every day. If you want some, call 222-2222. Because at Brown and Crouppen, justice is our business. Doug, Iggy, Plowsy, Action Jackson. The Ryan Kelly Morning After, 105.7 HD2. And the fun they make come crawling out and want to play. Cinderella had fun today. Mark, what do you think of this? Man wants to say. Are we on the air? Is this really still a show? It's HD2. <laughs> sort of on the air. All right, now I don't know what's true. But I heard that this show only goes to Tim McKernan's dad's office. That's correct. Well, he owns it. And, and, his, and then he invites his buddies over from St. Gabriel's. Timmy's got a little show you might enjoy. Well, come on over. And then the guys sit around the office. Why does my father sound like Jimmy Stewart? And they buy a couple of commercials. Of course, Timmy will do the reads. And uh, and that's all we really need. It's a little office time. Timmy does his show. So that's the only people who hear it. That's Your dad correct. Is it's, it's, it's at the garage at the neighbor's house. There's a famous garage over there. It is a there. famous garage. Oh, yeah, I've been there. Yes. they got a whole, like, bar it's set up It's a wonderful garage. garage. Yeah. You better believe it. Yeah. Right across oh from gosh. Francis Park. Yeah. This is unbelievable. What do you Plows, did you get out of rehab? <laughs> this is great. Yeah, uh, in between furloughs. So. Okay. No, you were always quitting, I think. <laughs> nah. This is, well, it was... De- I guess it depends on who you talk to. Well, the last time I saw you guys, you worked for the boot guy, <laughs> and we were getting paid, like, in leather goods. I got some nice boots. Did you? Yeah. And then they too. And then the fat guy said, well, we can't pay anymore, but we'll give you some gift cards. And then that a- took all the gift cards. Oh, you can't say that. No, don't say that. I think, H- I think at HD2, I think at HD2, I think you can say it. I, don't I, I have a little, I'm sorry, I have a little PTSD over that <laughs> experience. Woo. Yeah, I, I, I'm glad I could bring you Woo. into that. You're all, you always have been very grateful that I reached Woo. out to bring oh, you Oh, my over. God. <laughs> I will say in Tim's defense, now I had been at KTRS for five years. Randy Naught and I had fun. We had a show. We had... And you know what? It takes a while to get things up and running. Everything's great. Tim calls and says, I hate to even do this to you. Would you meet with Randy? And I said, oh, I'm good. I'm good. We meet with Randy. He tells me how everyone in the market's terrible. And he says, you need to do a show over here. You know, I said, oh, I don't know. I don't think so. And, and Tim said no like three times. He did. And then finally I said, oh, gosh. And I actually, I was in San Diego. We were doing a story about the Chargers leaving for Fox 2, about how they were dealing with it a year after the Rams had left St. Louis. And I was talking on the phone with Tim, and I was in my hotel room, and I got out a sheet of paper, and I wrote down pros and cons. Well, sure you did. Of why leaving an established show, now going to work with Marlo and we're buddies, I thought, well, that'd be kind of fun. And part of it was, at that time, politics with Trump and Hillary, that election was really, and we had to do news talk, and I would make fun of everybody in each commercial break. Somebody would be mad on the left, somebody would be mad on the right, and I thought, oh, my God, I don't want to do this. But on my list... The, the cons, there was only a couple. I think one was like associated with McKernan. No, it, <laughs> but it said, I wrote down and I put 
unstable ownership. Oh, did you? Five ninety history. Those are the two big ones. And what did I do? I said, "Oh, it'll be fine." What a disaster! Oh, anyway, but you guys are doing great. <laughs> Look at this. Here you are. Well, the Plowhawk is is back. He's When's the last back. time you saw the Plowhawk? Yeah, Did you run the board for two Charlie you and Marte? I think you were there with Frankie and I for a little bit. Oh yeah, yeah. You know, well, once okay. Left. Let's hit that music, and then Plowsy would be stoned. Like, was he talking to me? I'm like, be out Frank, getting high at the poor Frank and Iggy has just gotten oh back gosh, into the Nickelodeon Ultra Studios. I'm sorry. I heard Barbara Stanwyck has passed, and I'm sorry. I know you had a call in. She's never been on Straight to the Web. Okay. You and Mo, and the, you had to guess who it was. You know, in town, when you want to find a number, there's producers like, oh, I wonder, does anybody have Drinkwitz's number? Let, let's check with some of the producers in town. And then you're like, is Robert Wagner still alive? Like, I'm gonna call, I'm, and then I'm like, I'm going to call Iggy and ask if he's I got think a he number. I he is, but Fab Stanwyck is no longer I've okay. Robert Wagner. Great name. 30 humble, minutes. Humble, bro. Talking Great about uh, Natalie Wood and all kinds of stuff. Wow. Where can I find that? Yeah, straight to the web somewhere. Okay, we'll find that. <laughs> I did a segment at 1380 once, Maurice Drummond and I, and it was the, one of the funniest. I don't remember why, but we were mocking Jim Nance and the Masters and the sacredness of the tournament, and we turned it into the landing, you know, the sacred landing, which was, you know, at the time, it's great now, but at the time it was a dump. And we're laughing and rolling. I said, Iggy, can I get a copy? I'm just going to save. I never save anything. And he goes, hey, buddy, I, uh, I wasn't recording. Let's just do it. Let's just do it again the next segment. Oh, yeah, that's how it works. I love Iggy, but he's the worst producer. I love oh, him. Come on. Oh, no, I'm sorry I mean, to I mean, that. I mean, in terms of detail, this right? Martin came in loaded for bear. No, I he's love you guys. Blue? No, I I see Doug, who I grew up watching on TV. I get a little nervous. You didn't grow up yes, watching I me. did. You didn't. You and Ed McCauley were doing sports I wasn't when I was with a Ed kid. McCauley? Well, he was on the other channel. Ed McCauley was done in the, somewhere in the 60s. Now, I do remember when you and Mo, Mo were doing a show above the sex shop. Yeah. I was running the board. And as soon as I put you guys in the air, I just walked downstairs and smoked for like a half hour. Well, that's that's no different than what you do now. That's, that's poor I was, producing. That was taking care of business. We have landed at some terrible places. Think about it. <laughs> oh, my God. Now, you guys are doing great now. Yeah. This is a legitimate operation. It is, yeah. But when we were down there, I would invite guests. And remember, Dick Ford oh had been God. retired for a while. I invite him down there, and I'm trying to describe how to get to the damn studio. He walks in, he says, I was walking upstairs, and there's some sex shop down there, and they're selling all kinds of toys and stuff. I said, oh, my God. And the next day, Mandy Murphy was coming. I said, can we just, like, paint over the whole building? This is so embarrassing. And we get Mandy into the, you remember this, we get her to the studio. She's sitting there talking to Maurice and I, and she looks down at the book, and it's one of those Iggy books, like if somebody shows their boobs or whatever. It was like, what? What's the book called? Mr. Skin, probably. Mr. Sk mm. Sitting in front of her. Oh, what a nice, oh, what a nice gosh. gift for After the guests. Ken. Painted over the whole building. Iggy leaves his book sitting out. God. Oh, you Dick, guys should be off the didn't air. Didn't Dick Ford say, "What? Well, I think I'm in a dildo factory." Well, <laughs> I I tried to clean it up for the Hubbard, <laughs> the Hubbard the, folks. I tell the story and I use dildo. Eh, sorry, a little late. They caught in a dildo factory down there. Do you know Dick Ford? This is me being serious now. His family asked me to do the eulogy. This is back in September, and he had died. Mm -hmm. And I, I told his family, I said, I got to tell you, I mean, for the bulk of his life, I knew him for a long time, but not, there were 60 plus years before I got to know him. And I said, all of my stories are sort of jokes and anecdotes and funny things. They said, well, that's what we want. So I, I was serious a little bit, but then a lot of jokes, and you know it was before the mass began, and then the Monsignor gets up there, 
and starts talking about Dick Ford's great life. And he said, and as Martin shared, although somewhat questionably, he says, <laughs> oh, he sharp shot you. And so that the whole mess, the whole, oh my God, Randy, Randy character is, is in here now. Look I'm at gonna this. I'm going to be calling you too. I'm going to be making the rounds. I'm, You're making I'm, the rounds? I'm on the sales pitch. We're, we're selling. An evening, Are you where he's doing an event an with, Mike with Mike Martz? We got to talk about this. And I want to break down the Lions front seven. I'm going to do that. I'm coming down the hall. <laughs> There's Kerry Davis. He won a Super Kerry Bowl. Davis. Look, ours is the kind the of show where friends feel they can drop by at any time. Come on in, friends. I actually lost Kerry a Davis. bet, Randy, and I ended up on this show. <laughs> this is not even. It's not even on the air. It's not. It's being piped Does into YouTube South City. Did you ratings? <laughs> No, you're you're, so, you're confusing us. Yeah, the biggest podcast in America. So the, the entire mass, I'm saying to my wife, "What did that guy mean? What did the priest mean?" What did, and then I, I said to the family later, "What did that mean?" They said, "Oh, don't worry about it. He didn't know him that well." And I said, "Okay, no. it's, it's fine." I don't know who to look at. Tim's over here. Doug's, Doug's over here. Ken's over there in the sunlight. Iggy has a blinding sun <laughs> coming right into my eyes. Let me close the drapes. If you could, a good producer would have thought of that. But as again, I'm not again, a producer anymore. Oh, you're a personality. That's oh. a very important distinction now, Mark. Oh, you need to understand now. that, you know. Well, Level playing field. Well, then now, me saying you're a terrible producer doesn't have relevance because you are a host. You're a personality. Uh, you grabbed Stevie Nicks' butt at one point. Mm. No, she grabbed your... I'm sorry, she grabbed no, your... That was Joan Jett. Oh, wow. No, and, well, back in the day, I was the best producer in St. Louis. Mm. I agree. Then I kind of slacked off. You kind of rode on your... Resume for a while. No, I kind of started working with shows I didn't care. <clears throat> Some shrapnel's about to be distributed. Like wow. this one? No. I'm Was it Frank when he, they were playing Tennessee and he said, okay, who is the beat reporter from the Knoxville Times? And then you just kind of gave up? Yeah, I said, no. Nah. We're not doing that? I'm done with beat reporters. I'm done with the Burt Sugars and the... Whoa, oh, Burt that's Sugar. a direct shot. Burt Sugar is not a beat... He'd be no. a great guest. Great boxing is guy. he alive? He passed. No, he passed. But he, John Let Sloan, me see your roll of deck. I'm going to say 95% are dead. Someone pretty stole much, all his numbers. Much. Oh, yeah. He, he blames Barrett. Well, mm -hmm. I should. He's the one who got it done. Um, Remember that guy? He is so, a <laughs> no, I'm not gonna. I'm not going to go off on a tangent. It doesn't matter. He helped build the 101 into this sports thing that they are... And, no, I mean, they're great. They are sports. Great. And uh, I don't know. You guys cover sports? Not really. No. no as much. Not no. as much. I think it was in the, the height of his criticism of the morning grind. And, and they were playing the Mets, right, in the playoffs. Mm -hmm. And in one of his meetings, he said, this would have been a good time to... I, I don't really have a Barrett impression. <laughs> That's a that wasn't just somebody who had fought for t 10 years with that have to picture Paul Giamatti, except not as handsome. And he says... Playing the Mets would have been a good time to get a guy like Strawberry on. Maybe book a guy like Doc Gooden. And we're all like, well, you worked at ES. Why don't you help? We'll take him. Who's the con? You know, it's easy to throw around all these great ideas. Back it up, Jack. The but Mets series was the series in which he sent the email to me, you, and the cat producer Joe had been terminated about a month earlier. And I was riding in a cab back to my hotel. And I read the email and I thought, oh, God. When we get back to St. Louis, Martin is going to lose his mind. You were essentially silent most of the commercial breaks of that show that Monday, and then we met in that famous vault at KFNS, <laughs> and I hadn't seen anybody that angry since my father back in the day. Oh, I was mad. Yeah, I was mad, and I couldn't take it back. You let him have it? I let him have it. I tried to be quiet. I just, I snapped. What I think I say? snapped. 
I, I don't. I think it was an out of body experience. I think I basically said, "Listen here, you mf or who oh. the hell?" More or less. More. I remember walking out of that vault, and there are staffers at their cubicles, and they're all clearly listening to this tirade. And as I walk by, their their heads just immediately drop down and start typing, like, "Oh my God, he's gonna yell at us!" It was. Uh, was that the end of it? That was, that was the, the end, end of, of the morning grind. That was the end of it. You got so, fired or you quit? No, Martin quit. quit. Absolutely quit. Okay. Joe was fired. He told uh, the general manager. That was the Crop. beginning of the meddling. I Correct. would say yes. And when producer Joe got fired, it was the same day they fired Brian Burwell and Joe Pelusi. Oh, I didn't know it was the same yeah, day. Yeah, because Joe Buck called me and he said, "I heard what happened." And he said, if you guys had any kind of balls over there, you'd get up and walk out. And I said, I know. I talked to Burwell. He goes, I'm talking about producer Joe. <laughs> I thought he was offended and outraged that Burwell got let go. He was mad that they fired producer Joe. I'm like, well, I don't know if I'm going to stake my career on that. And I love Joe. I mean, sure, he's the best in the parking industry. But I, at the time, we were just mad how it played out. But he was giving us advice on how to produce a really good show. And I was like, well, then help. Yeah. You work here? No, I told him. I said, Steve Sparky Pfeiffer. Yeah, he is right me. there. He does a podcast now. Mark. The difference between me saying, um, come on in, Jody. She got my coffee. Oh, oh my Jeez. goodness, Jody. Thank you, Jody. We have I no, apologize yeah, that you are right now. handling this. <laughs> Don't ever. She said it's all good. You seem like a nice lady. She is a very nice lady. Don't ever get Iggy coffee again. <laughs> he should be getting you coffee. Okay. I was just about to say that. These are. He's taking. Jody's taking orders. From don't Jody even. Don't best. even let these folks come in the front door. Jody is please. one of a kind. She is the best. And when Thank his you, parole officer gets here, let us know. <laughs> I'll run the board. Martin, would you like to pass the coffee yes. down to oh Ken? Gosh. Thank you, Jody. Uh, producer Joe is listening to the show and says Love Burwell producer. was fired the day before me. It's producer Joe. That's oh, okay. Crazy. Well, I was way off. <laughs> well, that's that's why I love Joe and why I hate Joe. He's splitting hairs. Okay. He's anyway, it was now. a turbulent week, is what I recall. He should be honored that Joe Buck was offended that he got fired. <laughs> Why is the main voice at Fox Sports? What does he care about a guy who cuts lawns in Atlanta? Oh my God. How would he even hear about that? I think he was a listener of the program. I, think I remember a, he was in studio with us a few times. He was a listener. Jim Edmonds would come in and he just would, tackle Tim on did. the air. He would, he would that doesn't me. happen anywhere in America. <laughs> you know? And it was standard. It was standard behavior. And the thing about it, and this is the truth, when Doug took over, the show got better. And had more staying oh, power. I don't know about that. Doug became a star. I'm no, serious. No, no, it's true. Now, I don't know. I was in the lobby. I saw your magazine sitting out. That QAnon Weekly. <laughs> Insurrection Illustrated. I mean, whoo, this guy. But for a while there, That's you were red. I'm the publisher. You were red hot for a minute. Yeah. A couple, well, a couple of years ago, January 6th, he called in sick. I don't know what happened. I don't know where he was, but no. Let me ask I don't you know where he was. Here. Let me ask you a serious question. Yes. He's going to do a serious always, question. Okay. No, Is this from of, Ken as opposed to Iggy? I've always, <laughs> I've always thought about this with you. Out of all the sports people that seem to be moving to news, you're one of the few that have stayed in the sports department. Any thought of moving in that direction? I've never thought of that. Really? Oh, it had to have crossed your mind when you saw Mike Bush doing it and Savard doing it. I, I mean, I think I thought, well, I'll never do that. I mean, that's the only <laughs> thought I had. When So it went, what, Bush, Rennie, thanks, Rennie, and then... Savard, I think in sequential order, right? I mean, back in the day, Art Holiday. Maurice Drummond, too. And then when Maurice did it, he had worked at Fox 2 for a long time. I was with my boss, Spencer Koch, and our news director, Audrey, and we were in Spencer's office, and we were discussing how Maurice was now doing news. And 
Spencer, my boss said, have you ever thought about that? You know, you're, you're credible and you're on the air. And I said, oh, I don't know if I have enough credibility. And he said, yeah, that's a good point. <laughs> oh, and I was like, whoa, whoa. I, man, I was like, you're supposed to fight me on that a little bit. Mm. Um, yeah, you're probably right. I just don't see it, you know? Like, could you see Frank doing the news? Okay. Oh, my God, yes. I there are 10 that. dead in Las Vegas tonight. First, we'll pause for prayer. Then we'll go to our live reporter. Do we have that tape? I just, I couldn't see it. Mm. I couldn't see Doug doing news. No, I could Maybe a midday show, having coffee, maybe. <laughs> no. With Wearing coffee with Ken. Yeah. No. Maybe that. But it just, like, could you ever see your, I couldn't do it. I have no interest. And, I, and covering the stories, no interest. And yeah. Covering a shooting, yeah. or how do you feel about your son being killed? And all that. <sighs> maybe I'll go sit to a city hall meeting. It's zero, zero interest. And I think that's the biggest difference in a newsroom, as, as opposed to the sports office, we cultivate relationships all the time yeah. so that you can pick up the phone when you need that person to do the interview. Or, so you try not to burn them. You got to be polite. You can be critical. But in the news business, most times it's a day of interview. So you can bang on that door. You can chase that person down the hall. It's mm -hmm. like, hey, we need that sound bite for five o'clock. A lot of times we don't need it for five o'clock. We need it for the next week or the next day. So it's more driven by You could really relationships. tell that when some story would happen with the Rams and they'd send news reporters right. out to cover it and they would ask these questions of the head coaches yeah. and we'd go, oh my God, no, not that. They would just, whatever, <laughs> just got right to it. And we always tap danced around it. They Re didn't. They didn't. Remember they when Slayton went, though, because he was going to ask Mike March the tough questions. That's right. And yeah. he had said on the air, I'll show them how it's done. I can't get out there because my show's on at the same time. And they're like, well, bring your show out to the, the Rams Park. That's okay. And I think it was the second question or something. Coach March, what's going on with your special teams? <laughs> they're really struggling. And, of course, an hour later, yeah, folks, I went in and told them where it's at. <laughs> Set them straight. Rams Park was the scene of many uh, fights over the years. Martin, uh, oh you know, Mount God. Rushmore. So the embarrassing market. for the market. One of ours was our future GM of the old point that you mentioned. Oh, my God. Mm -hmm. Probably the most embarrassing thing on my resume ever is that Hadley was in charge. God. Absolute embarrassment. He was your boss. No, don't say that. That's who you went to no, for advice. No. No. Advice. no. I know I've been doing no. this for 25 years. Oh, my you... God. Two two big regrets. He was your superior. Saying yes to going to work there for the boot folks. And then a couple, a couple months in, they call the meeting, right? Mm -hmm. At the brew house. Yep. Oh, my God. And they introduced John Hadley as the new boy. I said, oh, my God. It went beyond. It was and, a week after, two weeks. Well, and, and Randy Markell said... John, why don't you introduce yourself, and then everyone here, raise your hand and tell us what it is you do. I mean, everybody goes around the room. Hey, I'm Iggy, and I drink coffee. Hey, I'm Plowsy, and I smoke pot. Like, everybody's saying their role. And I said, Martin Kilko, and I work with Charlie Marlin. And I said, I've recently made the worst career decision possible. <laughs> I remember saying that. And, and Randy said... Hey, pal, there's the door right there. Okay. And I said, like, thinking about it, and I should have. Biggest regret <laughs> you was really, you, I, I should have yeah, left. Yeah, I should have walked yeah. out. Probably could have got my old radio job back and been just fine. Instead, I stayed, and it was miserable. The best part was God, I hate calling that guy. it the, uh, the Martin Kilcoin show right in front of Charlie. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, and they didn't even know Charlie. It's just the Martin Alongside. <laughs> it sounds like you were really happy in the gig <laughs> no. and enjoyed your, your superior. I liked everybody yeah, I liked everybody there, your show, <laughs> Frank's show, but that guy. I mean, and, and I told Randy, I said, he's the biggest embarrassment in the market. Oh. Period. Point blank. 
and he didn't listen. And I probably said it ten times. Awful. You just need to awful. stop holding back and tell us what you just think. Just an about awful these person. Oh. What do you got against supporting hot dog stands? I don't even know what that he means. He wasn't there for that. I wasn't there for that. I, was I missed out too. I was not when you guys had the man, the woman, and those people were fighting. And you weren't there for that, were you? No, Where were you were. Was, I was that at KTRS. KTRS yeah. yeah, I was there for that. Luckily, I caught the man. The woman. I think I had an well, offer. You would, you would have enjoyed that one. You I think I had an offer to leave 590 at that time to go to KTRS to do news talk, and I said, I don't know if I can do that. I'm not sure. And then I went to Dave Green. He said, if I were you, I'd take it. <laughs> I said, okay, it's a good time to leave. <laughs> when they start going, okay, let's see, how many gift cards we got? If that check bounces, you might want to go to Friendly's and get some fries. And I'm like, okay, sounds good. It might, might be a time to get What on. an operation. <laughs> this, I mean, this whole industry, that is. Yeah. Well, we have lived through some absolutely. Because oh I thought in 2006 when you left, I'm like, I can't imagine anything being worse. And then there were things that were infinitely worse that were still to come. <laughs> Infinitely worse. <laughs> like the, the guys from Atlanta were nothing in comparison to the stuff that was still. That's to come. true. They actually were like the the Rooney family compared to what <laughs> happened later. You know, that My was gosh. where Tough and Cool came from. I believe that was a cat originated. Tough, tough and, and cool. cool. Like the guys from New York, they came in and they were going to fight us and sleep with their wives. That oh was the deal. Gosh. What do you think of that operation? Atlanta. Let's see. We had uh, and see. I wasn't working there when Big League Broadcasting right. took over, and I interviewed for a job. I think I'd been doing radio with Joel Goldberg with maybe some of Ken's help at 1380. The Foxhole. The Foxhole. Mm. And uh, there's still some tapes out there if you want to go back and listen. But uh, I do I, miss Joel Goldberg. I you do? Him. Yeah. I, I talk to him. Joel every once in a do while. You? Yeah, he was a great guy. But we, I interviewed for the job, and I said, hey, what about uh, Brian Burrell and I were doing TV together? And I, and I went in, and I don't remember who it was, if it was Steak or Andrew or one of these guys. And they said, you're the one guy that everybody has said something good about. And I said, well, that's nice. They said, no, everybody kills everybody else, which is true of the industry. Mm -hmm. You're like, I'll leave here today and just say how terrible you guys are. I yeah. mean, that's just how it works. Well, sure. <laughs> but I said, well, Burwell and I, maybe we could do middays or something. They said, hmm, all right, let's think about it. Then they called and they said, we're going to put you with McKernan. I said, he's like 12. <laughs> yeah, sure is. And they go, and Jim Hayes, I said, he's like 60. And I'm like, what is, how is that a show? And then the name, the morning ground, I said, it's the dumbest name I've ever heard. And it, it was perfect. And it wound up working. It ended up being great. That but was the great Evan Crocker. For Frank, that was the great Evan Crocker, producer Joe's friend, uh, one of producer Joe's many friends. Uh, we would fill in when Frank was out, me, you, and the cat. And they heard that. And that is why they came in. To their credit, they identified it. I don't really give them a whole lot of credit. But on that, they, <laughs> they, they do deserve credit because they identified it and they put it because Scott Warman was doing mornings with Jay, with maybe Jay. That's correct. Yes. And then we starting in July 2004 started that thing. And it was we were nearly fired. I don't know if you were paying attention uh, because you had television. Maybe you were. <laughs> that feels more likely. The, the, it's kind of like when we went over to 101 ESPN, the sports people really wanted sports and we were doing what we were doing and they hated it. They hated it. And so they all left and I guess went to Frank's show. So you think the Homer role was missed? Is that what? Remember the Homer role? They'd read who had home runs for like 10 minutes. <laughs> really? And, and that was God, a I love Jay. Yeah, it was like Krispy Kreme sponsored it. And Jay would talk about Krispy Kreme for like 10 minutes. And he'd say, oh, my guy up in Seattle hit a home run last night. And they just, <laughs> so they missed that when we came on. We could bring that back. You want to bring it back? The homer roll? Just read who had a home run the night before. Yeah. It, was, it was a strangest segment. Wow. Didn't understand the whole thing. So you mentioned Rams Park. Uh, Mike Martz lives in St. Louis again. 
A lot of folks didn't know no, that. You didn't even know that was a segue. It was so smooth. Why would he live here? Well, I'm afraid we're going to run out of time. I don't well, you know, know we're up against a hard break. Is this the 9 o'clock hour yet? No. We are in the appliance discounters 8 o'clock hour. There was an inter- sponsor of your podcast, right? Love the appliance yeah, discounters. The Bradleys? The best. Oh, the Bradley. And the service department is outstanding. I just got a new dishwasher from them. They are the best. Have you ever had Sean come out, the repair guy? He's fascinating. Uh, yeah, he, good, no, good people. Yeah, and he can fix anything fixed and everything. Fixed our ice maker. You have a podcast? That's probably who it was. Sean. You have the a Kill Coin Conversation. Oh, Thanks for listening. Oh, here we go. Yeah. Mm. Today's guest is Mark Lamping talking oh, about that right? not just the JAG success, but how comparing NFL, MLB in terms of those industries and how it works. He just said the business model is insanely different than the NFL. There's just so much money. Yeah. Like in baseball, you do have to kind of watch the budget and work the markets. NFL, they just hand you money. But I said, we're claiming... The Jags, because of the Stallions' DNA, he said, oh, yeah, Purple Stallions, go, go, Get go. on board. Hop he started board. singing a little song. I enjoyed your interview, kind of random, and we were going to play some of it on, on here because Missouri fans are in denial, some Missouri fans, over the Kansas thing, and you had Brett McMurphy on, and I listened to that, and he was so matter-of-fact. He's like, I mean, I don't care if people don't believe me. It's what happened. And he goes, I kind of understand if you're Missouri why you wouldn't want to play them, but I had Ohio State fans mad at me because I was reporting on Urban Meyer, and it turned out to be right there. If they don't want to believe me, don't believe me. And then he explained why East Carolina wasn't their opponent, which some Missouri fans are using to say, see, he was wrong about everything. But when Ohio State went into the college football playoff, it changed the bowl order. Yeah, and he was the same guy who had all these bowls correctly, not even predicted, but announced. He was saying ahead of time, here's where so-and-so's going. He had Mizzou going to the Gasparilla Bowl, which none of us had ever heard of the Gasparilla Bowl. Yeah, he was great because he said, listen, I'm I'm not anti-Mizzou. I just reported what happened, and I got attacked. And then he told me off air, he said, you know, somebody with the university called me and kind of said, hey, we're really mad. And I said to him, if Eli Drinkwitz is mad, he should have called you. If I'm the head coach and I think my program is is being laughed at or looked at poorly, I'd get on the phone and call that reporter. Yeah. Absolutely. No, he was great. Yeah, it was a great. Thank you for checking out the Kill Cred Conversation. It's at scoopswithdannymack.com. Yep. It's also on Spotify. It's also on iTunes. Wherever you get your podcast. Do you enjoy doing it? I do because it's you know it's the same as this where you get to just talk yeah. and you have a little bit of freedom. There is no clock ticking. You know, we did something with John Kelly just about his career, and we just did it down at a morning skate. We're just sitting there talking, yeah. and you're just kind of hanging out. Isn't which it the is, best where it's just free-flowing? You're not up Yeah, and, I, and I get why podcasts are popular. There's so many of them. I understand that that's sort of a critique now, too. And you have one yourself, I hear. A radio show or a podcast? podcast. Yeah, thank you, Doug. What's it called again? Well, how old is he? Is he now? Do you think these is early onset? <laughs> My goodness, Doug, they're just going to prop you up like Weekend at Bernie's at one point, That's and every once in a while, just 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 blurt out some hard right wing theories, and you're fine. Just yeah. everyone pull the string. Maybe give me, hockey, give me a hockey. Give me a hockeyism. <laughs> So Mike Martz, what were we talking about? Mike Martz is Mike Martz has oh, moved Louis. back to St. Louis. Like many do, Louis. they leave San Diego and they move yes. to St. Louis. Why would he do that? He has. Well, first of all, he loves it here, and if you for, and I had forgotten this, he was on the Rams staff the first two years. He was on the Rich Brooks staff. Oh, so yeah. he had already been here two years. He was like the receivers. Oh, I coach. Forgot about that. That's he came. Right. He ninety five, ninety six. He came from L A. He spent a season in L.A. 94 and came with the team to St. Louis. So he was here for that early honeymoon, the excitement. And then when Rich Brooks got fired, he went to Washington. Two years there, and he would have had Trent Green in Washington. So they were really close. I like Trent. I like Trent. I like Trent. And he said <laughs> after— Bernie Conwell's the best tight end. He just is. He said after the 98 season, Washington puts like a huge extension on the table, more money. And he said, we were loving D.C. And he said, and Vermeil calls— 
He's like, oh, I don't think I want any part of that. <laughs> like, because think about it. Vermeil had gone what four and twelve, three and thirteen. Right. So he's got a third year situation. And you're like, where he's well, I'm going to come in. We're going to be terrible, and I'm going to get fired. And he said, I, I just said. He said, I said no like several times. And then Randy offered him more money and some free boots. <laughs> but he went to Mobile and met with Vermeil. He said, we went in for an hour meeting as we talked for eight hours. And he said, I left there and said, I got to do it. This is going to work anyway. So he moved back. And then he's the coordinator, and he's the head coach for six seasons. So he really lived here for nine years. And so his kids went to grade school. Mm-hmm. A lot of them went to high school. So two of his four kids still live here. Really? He has fond memories of being here. I said, even though you got fired, he said, no, it's fine. It, it happens. You know, he's 71 now. So it's he's enjoying retirement. He's living here. He said he went to the paint store, and he's ordering paint. And he said the guy came back and looked at his credit card. He said, we used to have a coach named Mike Martz. And I'm like, is this the densest mm. guy in town? Like, hey, paint guy, that's him, okay? He's still got the white hair. And I would think he probably enjoys being, uh, you know, a well-known figure. Yeah, here, no, known I, figure. He's probably not very well-known in San Diego. When he comes yeah. here, he's a big star again. And I don't know enough about, you know, California. There's a lot of issues out there with the state, and there's some crime stuff. But I know he was. Fr- he's from San Diego. He grew up there. So it's even... More surprising. Worships Coriel. That he would move here. Um, but he's back in town, and we're doing an event. All right, what Janu- do we got? January 26th. It's an evening with Mike Martz. I'm going to be hosting Q&A. It's a happy hour style format. It's at St. Clair Country Club, Bob Golby's longtime home. Beautiful spot in Belleville. January 26th, it's a Thursday. We made it more of a happy hour thing, so you can kind of get out of there, get home, whatever you have going. Um, watching reruns of Falcon Crest, Diggies, whatever you're doing. So, and we're raising some money for Alzheimer's Association. I believe it's Mike's mom who died of Alzheimer's. Also, my sister runs a charitable group in town called Larsh St. Louis. It's homes for disabled people. Uh, so, it's an evening with Mike Martz. The easiest thing to do if you Google, and I and think about somebody who will be candid. Oh yeah. If you Google Mike, an evening with Mike Martz, or just Mike Martz Eventbrite. So the tickets right. are being sold on Eventbrite. Mike Martz Eventbrite. Eventbrite, and it should come up. That's probably the easiest way to connect and get some tickets. We're going to try and cap it, it at I think at about 70, 80 people because we want it to be somewhat intimate. He'll do pictures and autograph. People will probably bring some memorabilia. He'll sign it. He loves it. I mean, he loves telling stories. And I think we can kind of dig in on the Warner Bolger that whole awkwardness. Yeah, but yeah, but yeah, but how that <laughs> happened. Yeah. The, the, press conference the press all those great moments i mean in our he's okay talking about that now because he's a little touchy about it when he was a coach well i think now at this point he's not trying to get back in the game when i first heard he was moving back here and i have to be honest our relationship has run hot and cold he's been mad at me it played out on the morning grind remember that do you remember that when he called in yes yeah he hurt me and me and the cat are just like all right we're gonna i think hayes booked him maybe because they no i mean i think jim booked him because they were friendly at the time and mike was mad at me at the time but uh and then all of a sudden it became like a one-on-one conversation doug with martin and martz and martz said martin you really hurt me what you did hurt my family and i think and i honestly i do regret it was probably What'd you say? well. I don't remember, but I think in the course of the morning grind, we were kind of sarcastic <laughs> and we made fun of everybody and everything. And a quick segue: any commercials? We're good. Okay. <laughs> we don't care. Well, Mark. Jimmy, we'll make those up later. Yeah, it's my father, Mark James Sa- Stewart. Okay, so Mark Sauer was the Blues president, and the Blues were terrible. Remember that stretch there? Yeah. They were bottoming out. So he takes the three of us to dinner yes. with the PR guy, and we go to like Morton's and Clayton, and I'm like. This is great. Mark Sauer is holding court, and he's a fascinating, interesting person. And he basically is saying, "Let's let's give the Blues a little credit here. You know, this is 
longtime franchise. You guys are just crushing us. And I think I said, Mark, we don't even talk about the Blues. We don't even care. They were so. He said, Well, we don't want to hear that. So the next day, what do we do? We go on the air and we we start making fun of the Blues <laughs> and how we'd been but given thanks this. Thanks for dinner. Yes, basically we did. So everything was sarcastic. And I think as the Rams were sort of disintegrating personnel-wise, some of the game management, I probably mocked and made fun when I shouldn't have because he and I had become friends. I'd been to his house. My first date with my wife was at Mike Martz's house. That's right. I really? forgot a that A great story. party. That's where you took your wife? Well, I was... And you were hanging out with Peter King, right? Yeah, and Stan Musial. Stan Musial. How about we, this party, Doug? Wow. My what wife, we had met one time, and I said, hey, if you want to go out this Saturday or Friday, it's the middle of the summer, I've got to go to this party first... And I'm like, watch me, Doug. I said, yeah. it's, at, uh, <clears throat> it's at Coach Martz's house. Oh, really? And my wife said, no, who's that? Pretty, oh, she said that? Oh, man. Oh. And I said, well, he's the football coach. She said, no, that's the Rams, right? I said, yeah, it's the Rams. So then I'm like, she doesn't care. It's fine. Still doesn't care. We walk into the house, and I go, that's Stan Musial playing the harmonica? And she goes, I've heard of him. <laughs> I, oh. said, I hope so. Great party. So he and I had become friendly. When Joel and I did that Foxhole show that probably had 10 listeners, he was probably on six times in one year. He would just pick up the phone and call in. So I think because we are friends, I should have been less of an ass about some of their struggles. I do think that's that's true. That's a fair one. And it's and it's hard because you're having fun and it's easy to make fun. And then that person is like, wait a minute, I thought you'd yeah, been in my I house. You've been and it's, you know, when we were at spring training one year, I said to LaRusa that we should all go to dinner. The cat, Tim and I. And he's like, it was a terrible idea. <laughs> and I I go, no, we should all, this would be fun. We could have some stories sure. and some laughs. He's like, no, that's, that's a bad idea. I mean, then you think we're friends and you won't want to rip me on the radio. And I said, no, we'll still rip you on the radio. We'll just go to dinner the <laughs> night before. Uh, and then so we, went, we went with Edmonds instead. You we went with that? Edmonds instead. Somehow and I ended up driving his car. Well, like a $100,000 Mercedes. Oh. And then we went and had drinks with Edmonds and Spezio. Yes. Kind of laying a foundation for and a nice... Spezio's <laughs> girlfriend or yes, wife? Yes, the one that he had just had tattooed on his arm. Yeah. And I didn't know, in hindsight, and now I do know, and I think everybody knows, I was like, I wonder if these guys can drink. And then... Oh, man, I couldn't keep up. <laughs> it's unbelievable. During spring training. Yes. It was in during spring training, certainly. Yeah. Spezio reached across, I have this this like old Titleist hat, and he just stared at me, and he just started shredding it. He was just like just intoxicated, and he starts shredding it and dropping it to the ground, and, and he's kind of like, what are you going to do about it? I go, nothing. I'm just going to sit here and watch you do it. What the hell is going on here? my hat. Dad, can you get me a new hat? I called my father. <laughs> Jimmy, we'll get you a new hat. Maybe Titleist will sponsor the show. <laughs> <laughs> Do you find it hard, because you've been doing it for a long time, Doug's done it for a long time. To, you haven't? Well, not in your capacity. Okay. You're the one getting coffee brought to me. Mm -hmm. um, yeah. We don't get that. God, that was humiliating. But, I want to talk no, to No, Jody was fixing the machine. She goes, go ahead, back in, I'll bring it into you. She um, knew you were missed. Yeah, I was already like five minutes late for the break. I couldn't be yeah. ten. No. Um, a fine line between becoming friends with certain people you have to cover and maybe get over friendly and then it comes to a point where a question needs to be asked or something needs to be talked about and you're afraid to do it because like i've known this guy we're good friends now and you know now i got to say something about him you find there's there's a fine line between that and worry about ruining a friendship if you're going to be critical about something yeah it's probably better not to be friendly with the player or the coaches if you're going to be in this position i mean we did the sunday night marshall fox show for a yeah. couple of years and there was one season where he was having knee issues and he would miss a game, miss a practice. 
And so he's given these standard answers on Sunday night. Yeah, we'll see how it goes. We'll see how it goes. We'll see. Maybe I'll play. Maybe I won't. Whatever. And so in the commercial break, I said, what's, what's really going on with your knee? And he's like, you don't want me to tell you. And I said, why? He goes, because if I tell you, you can't use it. And then your boss is going to call you and say, what do you know? And you're going to lie to your boss. And I said, wow, and he's like, so it's easier if I just don't tell you. I'm yeah. like, I know, but I kind of want to know. <laughs> like, is it torn? Is it like, are you going to play or not going to play? He's like, it's better if you don't know. It's better if you don't know. And I was like, okay, that's true. Would that's you agree? And I'm, I imagine you and Mars have talked about this. If not, talk about it uh, coming up on January 26th. It's an evening with Mike Mars. Did you find it by Googling? I am on Eventbrite. I think- I don't know if you, if you just Google Mike Martz Eventbrite, it comes up. And I'm sorry, I wish I had a better way of explaining it. I tried it out myself and it worked. Um, An evening with Mike Martz Eventbrite. I don't know why it's not coming up, Mark. Really? But I want, I want you to know that for the purpose yeah, of. Yeah, no, no. That's, uh, the people wanted to go. Uh, had they beaten the Patriots, and of course, I mean, if you win a Super Bowl, that changes your whole world. But I felt like it didn't just change the trajectory of his career and football in St. Louis. It also really messed him up, and then that front office became so toxic. Yeah, 100%. And we did a sit-down TV interview at his house, and it aired on Fox 2. So the whole thing is on a podcast. If you Google, and again, I'm 0 for 1 on Googling, but the Kilcoin conversation, I aired the whole 30 minutes. We talked for 30-plus minutes. TV was about six and a half minutes, and I think it included his answer about losing that Super Bowl. And he said, after that, everything changed in the building. Now he's, thank you. There you go. Got the stone guy eating zebra Mm. cakes. He finds it. Mm. They're actually the host of the unicorn cakes. Okay. Oh wow! (laughs) What did you call me on the way in? It was an insult I'd never. Yeah, it was. I'd never. I walked in with Martin. I go look, Blahawk. It's Martin. Stink sack. Just out of nowhere. I have no idea what it's, that it meant. It sounded made up like Archie Bunker. What's wrong with you, Snake Sack? Huh? Like making but words up. An evening with Mike Martz is the title of it. Got it. An evening with Mike Martz. An evening with Mike Martz. But he said, leading it's up. It's on all events, Martin. Is, is that different than Eventbrite? All events. I, I'll put the link in the podcast box. All right, there you Thank go. Thank you. Jackson, just, yeah. Get out there, knock on some doors, sell some tickets. <laughs> um,. <laughs> But he said leading up even to that playoff in 2001, he said when the team heard Lovey Smith was leaving, he said that really brought the room down. Like and Even though they made it to the Super Bowl, he said that had a big effect in the room. And then as soon as they lose the Super Bowl, which was clearly a good team, the Patriots, it's Belichick, Brady, first time we ever heard really those two together. Yeah. But it was still a massive upset. But he said after that, like the, the chilliness in the building, and it was Zygmunt and Army, and I'm friends with all these guys, but Mike said it was very clear. Jay and Charlie shifted over to here. Didn't tell them as much about personnel. Didn't let them know what was going on. So the division that we always talked about, the dysfunction at Rams Park, was real. And I do think if they win that Super Bowl, maybe there is more momentum in town to like, hey, what does this team ah, need? I, I've I said think, that before. I'm yeah, glad I, you I agree I, with and that. And I think there's some truth to that. I don't know how you connect all those well, dots. Well, there's not I do think I do think there's a way to connect them because I think Martz and then Zygmunt and Army there becomes this faction and division and I think that plays a role in whatever happened in 2002. I remember they started 0 and 6. Well, everybody got injured that year. Marshall was injured, Kurt was injured, yeah. and every and I think Aeneas got injured. They had, and they had lost uh, London Fletcher, and he, yes. he points it, to that one, too. He said... He they goes, kept Little, but they let Fletcher and Hakeem, Hakeem left, go. and Fletcher left. And they replaced Fletcher with Jamie Duncan, and that was a disaster. Yeah. and I, The Trunk candidate thing needs to... I mean, has he ever talked about that? I mean, what in the world was that? And Making I don't... Trunk candidate? Because that would have been the 2000 That's draft correct. when I, Mike was the new head coach... 
but I'm sure had some say. Oh, and, and that'll be a good question that night. And so the plan, the format that night at St. Clair Country Club, Doug, it's on January 26th. Thank you. Thursday. So it's going to be a little, if you'd had a podcast. little uh, happy hour, <laughs> little food and snacks. And we're going to sit down and talk. Again, we're, we're going to keep it pretty intimate so that people can do Q&A. I mean, I don't even think we'll do microphone. I mean, we'll just like, hey, then people can bring up topics if we didn't cover them. Um, but I think there's a lot of stuff that Rams fans hear like, well, what the heck? Why the yeah, hell did you yeah. take Trunk candidate? Yeah. And there were so many things with Trunk. God bless him. He's a nice kid. But it's the last thing you need. It's the last thing you needed. And Marshall wasn't done at that right. point. It was just a wasted pick. And they had so many of those. So I think he'll get he'll get into anything and everything. That is a great guest. I mean, I think he still goes on the radio in Chicago. And he'll rip yeah, apart. Yeah, he pissed somebody off earlier this year. Well, I, I think he criticized Justin Fields' development or was, something, yeah. and they got mad. Uh, early on, <laughs> he criticized Sean McVay. That backfired because McVay's turned out to be a very good coach. But he's never been short on opinions. And no. in, in, in your career, Doug, I would think Martin LaRussa, I guess Keenan because of controversy, but in terms of fascinating figures, which we're losing he's definitely these right days. right up there, yeah. No. I always thought he changed – when they lost the Super Bowl, you know, he had never been a head coach anywhere, and the only press he ever got was, this guy's a genius. He's, he's mm-hmm. a, a mad scientist with his office. He's just the greatest guy ever. And then he got blamed heavily for the Super Bowl loss, and for the first time in his career, he faced heavy criticism, yeah. and I don't, I don't think he was really prepared to take it. No, I think that's, that's fair, and that'd be a good question that night as well, January 26th. Uh, Doug. <laughs> No, I'm kidding. This January or next year? My wife is much smarter than me about like social media. And she said, you don't even have your Facebook page running. You should get on Instagram. I'm like, I know. Hey, let's go get something to eat. I'm like, so, she said, how are you going to promote this? I said, I'll just tell people to Google it. Uh, and then the blob will find it. But I think that's a... Uh, but I think that's a fair question. First yeah. time you handle... Because he did. He came in. He was the golden child. The yeah. offense was great. And Vermeil has said, you know, it was a mistake leaving. I also wonder if Vermeil just stays like a couple more years. Yeah. And at that point, Mike March's agent is probably, and this is a question I would ask him, would you have stayed two more years? The Cowboys he, were coming after him. Well, after and the 99. Patriots were interested in him before they hired Belichick. Right? It was late in ninety nine. The Patriots were calling his agent and saying, Hey, we'll bring it to New England. And that's when the Rams said, All right, we're gonna sign this deal where you're the heir apparent. So you don't leave. We want you to stay. You're gonna be the guy eventually. Because he had a long history with John Shaw and even Jay Zygmunt because of L.A., yeah. being here in 95, being here in 96. Um, so if Vermeil stays and he's got a couple years to kind of even get, maybe learn a little from Vermeil too as yeah. a head coach. And they're good buddies now. Yeah. I mean, he was at Canton. And we did an event with Isaac Bruce like a year or two ago. And Isaac is telling the story. Isaac's close with Vermeil, but way closer with Mike Martz. And he's telling the story about training camp or whatever. And March just interjects. He goes, that was uh, one of those camps where, you know, Coach Vermeil was really being dick. And it was like, <laughs> and it was just deadpan. And the way he said it, everybody got the point. <laughs> it was hilarious. Vermeil was um, too tough on him there for a while. That's right. They had to change it after 98. If you listen to the, the full podcast, and again, I don't care if you do or don't, but it, he talks about how he went along with some other coaches and said, we got to talk to Coach Vermeer. We got to, these guys will be good if you just leave them alone. You got to back it off a little bit. And he said that was really hard for Vermeer to accept because old school football is all he knew. But he said to his credit, it was like Coach Al Saunders and March went to his office and said, you got to back off. You got to. And Vermeer said, okay. And he said he really thinks that 
change even the players' kind of mindset because they yeah. the, the Kevin Carter's the guys who'd been here. Wistrom were kind of sick of it all, mm-hmm. so he thought that was also monumental. But it's a fascinating career too. I mean, he went to the Rams and for no money. He took a job. He got fired at Arizona State. Oh, 94? The Larry Marmee staff, who's, who is the best. And he, and so he wanted to stay in football, and he had an opportunity with the Rams. And I, I'm 90% certain it was an unpaid job. And he said, Julie, I got to do this for a year just to get in the league, get in the door. And she said, we got kids all over the place. What are you doing taking an unpaid job? And he did that for one year in L.A. God, and then, he was around 40 when he did that, right? Yeah. Probably. How do you get by a year without any money coming in? I think he had Timmy's dad helping him out a little bit. <laughs> My dad was selling his show at HD2. Okay, Mike, here's yeah. the deal. I'm just going to need to do a couple of spots. I'm telling you, it sounds Ted Drews like would love to have you talking about him. Ted Drews. <laughs> well, I, I hear Timmy's dad because one of those early days of the grind. The event's January 26th. But the. Uh, you know what? Lightbright.com. <laughs> event Bright. Event Bright. They do Light all. Bright. It's really great because they do all of the paperwork and the yeah, figuring it out and all that be. stuff. Um, also, it's brought to you by Offenberg Hyundai nice. and our friends at Ascension. So, presenting sponsors, Ascension and Offenberg Hyundai, for this fun evening with Mike Martz. But early on in the morning grind, Tim's dad comes in and he said, We've got a deal with uh, Purina, and they'd like Timmy to do the spots. And Jim goes, huh, I, I'm the guy with the dog over here. And and he goes, Timmy, we'll just make up a dog. Now, this part, i got to interject here. I'm sure My that's dad, made up. The, the, the dog thing is true. I think I just told this on the podcast, the story about the cat tickling me. Were you in that meeting? Oh, boy. This was, no. this was with Evan Crocker, producer Joe's guy, who I'm sure is ready to Hi. text in. A- <laughs> They did. My dad left before big league broadcasting took over. And so he was not there. They got Purina as a sponsor. And for whatever reason, even though I think the cat did have his dog, Spreewell, Spreewell, remember that? He named the dog after the trail Spreewell. They had me do the spot. And so I'm talking about a family member's dog so I could do the spot. And the copy was so ridiculous (laughs) that I couldn't get through it without laughing. And I Which said, the sponsors love <laughs> when you laugh at their copy. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and they, you know, as it turns out, they weren't doing a really great job selling advertising, so they needed every dollar they could possibly get. Uh, and so when I was laughing, they weren't happy. But I didn't know. And I said, the cat stopped tickling me, just joking, because I couldn't get through the. That Evan calls me and the cat, and I don't know if you were in on it, into the office, because you would have made it even more special had you been there. Uh, and he goes, he hits play on the audio and he goes, and he Gotcha goes, moment. A real exactly. gotcha moment. And the cat goes, Are you kidding me? He was joking. You think he you think I was tickling another grown man in the studio while he was doing a commercial? They were always looking for a right. way to fire the cat. <laughs> oh. What was the name of the dog? You, you, Dixie. 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 Oh, oh, yeah. Got a dog. Dog's name's Dixie. Yeah. They got mad at me one year because Joe Buck was having his golf tournament. Out at Boone Valley, and at the and that was he used to get Pete Rose, oh, Rush yeah. Limbaugh, yes. Chris Collins, with all these huge yep. names. And the night before, somebody canceled whatever, and he said, "Hey, will you play tomorrow?" And I said, "No, I'm in the celebrity thing." I said, "He goes, it's with the Sun Trips. They don't care." And I said, "Okay, fine." So I had to miss work to go do it, and that Evan brought that up, and he said, "That really hurt." You got to go play in the golf tournament, and you couldn't ask any of us to be there. And I said, "It wasn't for me." To invite anybody. <laughs> That's what he was upset. I thought he was upset uh, you missed work. Well, but he thought it was 
me not thinking of the station, and I should have included some one of them. And I said, it wasn't for me to invite anybody else. That whole thing. Where we always had to wear 590, the fan stuff. Yeah, oh, out. if you didn't wear your gear, Doug, it was a big it thing. It was a huge thing. It didn't was like wearing nice your fraternity little, letters. Nice little cruise on the Admiral once, too. Or oh, you, do you remember that, Martin? I think we were invited. They was wanted, it a Saturday they, night? They wanted to do a thing. Boy, this is one of the cat's favorite <laughs> stories of all time. They wanted to do a thing where a guy's... Can you imagine this in 2023? No dates guys in 20, 2004 where we were going to get the Becky Thatcher storied, oh, nice. storied ship. Jimmy will do some spots for him. I <laughs> think <laughs> at the time. And it was going to go up and down the river, but no dates or wives no. were allowed. It, it was, was guys a, on the Mississippi, Doug. Where the was, girls aren't. It was a camaraderie event that they thought would be a popular move, and everybody walked, and even Frankie's like, wow, Saturday night with no females. That sounds a little weird. <laughs> yes, of course I'll be there, sir. Absolutely. You let me know when. Absolutely. Sounds great. Thank you. So we, we were all like, uh, out of town, can't do it. Dixie ate my fearing. homework, and they were like... Fine, you don't want to hang out with us. Right. That's really what it was. It was, it was about like, hanging out. You, it, like, it honestly felt lives. like seventh grade girls, and you were like, "What? What is going on here? I just want to do the show and go home." <laughs> That's sure. Barrett did that. He wanted a, a camaraderie night, and he had a Sunday afternoon at a blues game. And I know Brian Stoll went. He might have been the only one, and I think an intern went. Well, a, a blues game uh, that on a Sunday afternoon. Who's going to that? Well, it feels a little more social than or normal. <laughs> A ride on the back. I mean, I have nothing against the Becky Thatcher. I, nice paddle wheeler. Yes. I'd be if you guys want to go this weekend, I'll go. But we'll do it, Doug. Let's do, do it. it. It's not even there anymore. It's is not? It? Well, still. I think it I think it floated on down and crashed in Herculaneum. Iggy, look in your Rolodex. Do you have any Becky Thatcher contacts? Yeah, just Probably. go to Lightbright and figure it out. Event Bright. Event Bright. The stoner found it, for God's sakes. <laughs> and I love Plowsy. Plowhawk's tapped out right now. Oh yeah. I found that. It's great to see you guys. Are you still doing radio on 550? I do segments every day. Just segments? Yeah. So I appear, Would you like to do it full time? I don't think so because, and honestly, I, I, Doug, I've turned into Mike Royko. I just call in, hey, what's going on in the sports <laughs> world, pal? Gosh, that's an old reference. Uh, but I'll just, I do segments. So I'm on with John Carney Mondays and Thursdays. I'm on with Heidi Gloss, Josh Gilbert. In the afternoons on Tuesday, I do a McGraw-Millhaven hit on Wednesday morning. So it's all these different day parts. Which you never know who's listening, and you guys have experienced this over the course of your career. Like the things that people comment on. Yeah. I was at Macy's buying a couple sweaters or something like a month ago, and the lady looks at my credit card and she goes, "Hey, are you on the radio?" And I said, "Yeah." Sometimes she said, "You're on that McGraw Millhaven show, aren't you?" And I said, "Of all mm. the things I'm known for, right? That's I do sports director for 25 years. I do a ten. I do a 10 minute hit on Wednesday mornings. I'm like, that's what stands out to her." Uh, but, you know, Evan Crocker, who was the GM, he was great to me. And he and I actually, I should tell you now, we did the Becky Thatcher trip ourselves that Saturday. Just the two, Just of, the two of us. <laughs> Made it halfway to Memphis, and we were out of booze, turned around, and came back. Yeah, understandable. But uh, a lot of crying. And uh, he met with me after I quit the show. And at this point, nobody cares. This is so long ago. But he met with me, and I said, I got to tell you, it's been sort of relief not having to do the show every day. I mean, I got up early or up late, and, you know, I was, I felt bad because I felt like I hung Tim and Jim out to dry, but I just couldn't do it. My conscience wouldn't allow it. So I meet with Evan Crocker. He lived in Clayton in that high-rise over yeah, there. Clayton on the park, right? And we have a meeting. He said, so, what do you think? 
And I said, honestly, Evan, I don't really miss doing the show. I miss the guys, but I don't miss it. I only got about 10 minutes of material in me anyway. You know, he goes, want to do a 10-minute show? <laughs> and I said, I don't know what hmm. that means. I, I still don't know what that means. <laughs> Maybe he was uh, ahead of his time. Maybe that was a podcast that he was He was thinking, thinking mm. podcast. He was thinking yeah. Pepper and Genie. Maybe. Oh, That's maybe. a 10-minute show. Have you heard to... Pepper and Genie? I don't know what that means. Oh, that's their podcast. <laughs> Pepper and Genie? Plowsy and Iggy have a podcast, Pepper and Genie. Is that right? You talk porn or what? We did for like eight months, and then no one wanted a sponsor, so me and Iggy just kind of gave up. Oh, just we recently, tried, though. This is the fun. first week you haven't had it. Yeah. That was about a 10, 12-minute. I like that. Pepper Heck and Genie. podcast. I like the name. It's better than... What was... Uh, Oh, Nick and the Badger? Nick and the Badger. Mm. That was producer Joe, Charlie, and Michael Wellington. Oh, that's right. Beef. Yeah, Beef Wellington. Wow. Caddy to the Cat, Stars. Caddy to the Stars. Yep. Wow. Chris Nagel. Oh. Wow. Wellington's legit. Well, you guys are doing great. Uh, <laughs> you seem all... Is this the wrap-up now? Well, no, I don't know. You tell me. Oh. I mean, one segment... It's 9-7. <laughs> It doesn't matter. That's the nice thing. Well, on I go down the hall to 101 here in an hour, and I'll be. I, if I go two minutes late, I'm off the clock. So I. I this is this is my free. And you flow. better tease ahead. I mean, will you tease tonight? The New York Knicks having a hard time getting back on defense. We'll talk about it next. That's Jackson's. That's strength. what you do mm-hmm. when you come back, and then you always, Doug, when you say, "We've got a playoff breakdown," we'll tell you why the Seahawks can win. Oh. And then you come back and say nothing about it. Right. That's correct. The That's, tease is the story. The tease is what it's all about. Mm-hmm. TSO. So stupid. So stupid. All of the teasing. And we teased you. Thank you. Well, that's different. Of course, clearly that's different. That's but a different thing. No, it's Martin, great to be here. It is wonderful to see you. The audience is thrilled to uh, to have you back. You have listeners. Are, they, are these folks at your dad? You know, they, Brian. Are, it's my, my dad's buddies at the ballpark. Tam. Brian Henson. You ever read Brian Henson? He's a sure. CBC cadet, and he's a big Billiken guy. Uh, he covers. Uh, what, was he a big slew guy though? Yeah, he was. He was. Yeah, he worked yeah. there for a while. Yep. Billikens, okay. Billikens, rah, rah, rah. He'll yeah. be back here writing for the Post-Dispatch, I bet. That's my guess. He sharpshoots Iggy, so Iggy isn't necessary. <laughs> yeah, he's covering Who are you feuding with, Iggy? Just Joe? Well, he, yeah, he is feuding with Joe. I don't feud with him. Okay. With producer Joe? His name unless he brings something up. No. Like Couldn't care feud. less about Sounds him. like they're feuding. It's a good read. Gosh. Are you still cooking and bringing food in? Yeah. God, see, you do listen to the show. Well, it's historical. I honestly, and, and I'm not going to be mean, but I don't know how to find it because I've already established I can't do anything online. HD2 is I listen after the. They call it a podcast. Iggy brought this up before. They call it a podcast here. They don't even call it a radio show. Yeah, here. they don't call it Well, a they show. don't want to be aligned with it, I think. <laughs> they distance themselves. They were pretty... credit for being a podcast show yesterday. <laughs> we're like, oh, okay, that's you know, what we uh, are. Nice. Your, your colleague, I just saw go by John Eulett. The great John Eulett. You yeah. met. We did a podcast, and I. it's weird. The, the beauty of podcasts is people can listen to it months later because mm-hmm. I don't do like night of, like, we're going to break down the third period in my show today. I'm like, I, I don't care. But the U Man was talking about when he worked with JC. And there was more contra- the show was controversial, or whatever. And he said, Jack Buck said to him, like, you know, you need to quit that show, or you oh, need wow. to. And he said Mike Shannon wouldn't talk to him. He said he got iced out down at Bush by Buck and Shannon because he was working with JC. Really? And I, I forget all of the story. specifics, but it was pretty interesting. And we taped it sitting right over here. Uh, what's the sandwich? Potbelly. Potbelly, yeah. We just sat out on the curb at Potbelly, oh, t- God, knocked yeah. out a segment. Nice. Award winning, by the way. Doug, I'll look for you. You're doing the five tonight or the six? I'm not doing it. <laughs> I've been there in a year and a half. Are you sure? Does Dan Caesar know this? I don't think so. Okay. Will he write about Joe Buck, Kevin Slayton, or McKernan's Merry Circus, or Merry Go Round, or <laughs> Doug Vaughn? When's Doug it? Doug Vaughn's return. I'm going to say something serious. Okay. Doug deserves a proper send off. 
I, I you don't do. want to send No, but you were there a long time. You were a popular sportscaster in town who probably had one of the longest runs in town. You were just a couple months short of Rich Gould, right? Is that what it was? I think so. Yeah. It was 34 years. Yeah. And and yet you just dis- I'm being serious. You disappeared off the airways. I know you had health issues. Nobody cares. No, I think no I think, one cares. I'm not talking about a half hour special. Maybe a 30 second <laughs> VO, but there should have been some formal like he's gone, right? Well, it's just the opposite. Caesar said he's back full time. <laughs> well, that confused <laughs> the marketplace clearly. I appreciate the sentiment, but I can tell you, no one cares. Well, I think half the people that work there now weren't there when I was there. Yeah. Channel 4. Well, they don't Turnover's know who you are. That's so for sure. No. I, it, Nobody. This they is forget cons- about you real quickly. It's true. This is consistent, though, because when Costas sort of got ushered out of NBC quietly, mm-hmm. I said to him, I think he was on the radio with us at 590. We were at some event at Norwood. And I said, you need a proper send I mean, that must, I'm a proper send-off guy now. You would think him, and, and he, like and, he's one of the great talents in the history Yeah, there the is business. no comparison, to be fair. No. And he said, <laughs> I have been fetid plenty. <laughs> like, fetid. Yeah, he's wow. like, like his career's been so celebrated, he's like, I'm good. And he wants no part of Iggy's pursuit of Gaga. That's correct. Do yeah. You know, during the pandemic, we were hurting for material, and I know you got to get to a break. You're up against it. Take <laughs> a break. Probably two minutes of promos. <laughs> um, but during the pandemic, and I think you were still working at the time, there was no sports, but they still had us in the show. At least Fox 2 said we wanted, they wanted something to break it up. Everything was gloom and doom and doctors and dying. So we had to scramble to find material. I got one night where Ozzy Smith and Willie McGee did the Zoom together, and it was great. Not because of me. They just started making fun of each other, and you never see Willie laughing and having fun. So I had this theme going where I would get two people together and talk about something that they had in, in, in uh, common. And I said to Costas via text, what if, because he doesn't like wide-ranging. He says it's the Wikipedia interview. He said, I know it as soon as Tulsa says we're on the air. It's like, so you were with the St. Louis Spirits in 1970. Yeah, like, here we go. Here we're we gonna go, go through yeah. the whole yeah. gamut. I said the idea is you and Dan Deardorff together, and it's simply about Camwax pairing you two up on Sports Open Line. You're a young sportscaster. He's an aspiring. He's a football player right. who wants to get into media. And I don't know if you remember this, but they were really popular oh, together. Yeah. Sure. And then they both go on to network jobs. And sort of how that just worked. And they would go, I think they went to stadiums and they would rate the food. And they kind of had a, a thing going. I thought it was a great segment. And he writes back, Martin, I really like you. And I love Dan. And I have zero interest in this segment. <laughs> and I said, well, that's fair. That's fair. <laughs> so about a week later, he sends me a text and says, call me. I go, oh, he wants to do it. All right. You know, I'm dying for material. He said, Martin. By way of explanation, I need to tell you, I'll be on Channel 5 this Sunday night. Your boy Frank has worn me down to the nubs. <laughs> I have agreed to do it. It was about the last dance and Michael Jordan and how Costas had been on the call for some of those big Jordan. I said, it's fine. It's totally fine. I said, but by the way, I said, I still believe in that segment that I was pitching <laughs> one of these days. <laughs> did he still didn't buy it. Did, though, did didn't no. reconsider. No. The great Martin Kilcoin. It is January 26th, an evening with Mike Martz. It is on Eventbrite. Google it, Martin Kilcoin and Mike Martz. It will be an evening at St. Clair Country Club that I would imagine will provide plenty of candor and amusement. Martin, wonderful to see you back in studio. What a treat, Doug. What a treat. It's an absolute treat. Iggy, would you get me a coffee? (laughs) (laughs) Uh, We'll close out the appliances. Counters 8 o'clock hour. Maggie O'Brien's 9 o'clock hour, along with the design air heating and cooling email today. Coming up at 945. This is the Ryan Kelly Morning After from the Michelob Ultra Studios.